radios, my Christian brothers and sisters, because we've got a lot to cover today. Be encouraged. Oh, my. Be challenged. Oh, my. Be inspired. They need gassed up. They need reviewed. And get excited. It's a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who loves with an everlasting, unconditional love. Your love. Praise the Lord. God's wisdom is brilliant. And receive God's love. That's who and what he is. Release your worries. He's faithful. God is faithful. And receive God's truth. These commands that I give to you today, impress them upon your children and talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. This is the Get Excited Show. Everybody in the family needs it. Now. With Michael Crawford. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am Michael Crawford on the Roan Dolph Show. And I appreciate you turning into the podcast. It's part two. Part two of what matters most. What matters most? Loving like Christ Jesus loves me. Again, good morning, joyful world. I love you. Always will. And if sometimes I don't show it I'm sorry, because there's nothing more important to me than to love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two, just importantly, is love thy neighbors thyself. So I always want to show the love towards you as I give myself. So this morning, we are part two of What Matters Most. Uh, We're in a little teach and preach called What Matters Most, and What Matters Most is the G3. So hopefully if you're not driving and you're home on the computer or your iPhone or laptop or what have you, hope take out a piece of paper with the Bibles and let's write some things down today because this will, wow, this will really get us stirred up. Stirred up in a good way about love. Because what matters most and what matters most is G3, a great commitment to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And the question is, are you... And I doing it. Are we doing it? Do we have a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission? If you missed my message yesterday, actually Friday, excuse me, if you missed my first uh, message on what matters most and are you doing it, if you missed that, I would highly, highly recommend to go to all the social media places like Facebook for one. Go to the Get Excited page, actually. The Get Excited Missionaries page or my Facebook page and click on the link and listen to part one. I would highly recommend for you to uh, listen to that and follow along. Because our goal for these series is that you and I become great lovers. Great lovers of the Word, great lovers of God, and great lovers of others. Do you realize that uh, it's amazing how many people, they don't really know how to express love. 
And I never could understand that because they could be the most uh, resilient people in business, but yet pathetic when it comes to expressing love. And I used to ask people all the time, do you love yourself? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd get answers like, well, yeah, I think I do. Well, do you think you love that person that just walked in here and asked you a question because you were very condescending and disrespectful in a wrong way? Meaning that you've got to definitely learn how to express that love. If you want your life to start really turning around, if you want your life to start really being enthusiastic and joyful, true joyful, and be who you are, recognize who you are in Christ Jesus, you've got to express love. That's where we are. You've got to. You see, uh, it's amazing. When I was a little guy, I mean, there were times when, you know, I would get up after taking a nap and be a little bit grouchy, if you would. And I think it was because especially after taking a nap in the, in the summertime with all the pollen and stuff back in Missouri. And I was a bit grouchy. And I remember waking up, and uh, my brothers and sisters and I, we would actually uh, uh, fight uh, because, you know, I guess I would say a few of the wrong things. And I realized right then, whoa, 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 that's not where I want to be. I want to, to truly have love. I want to express love. So from that point forward, at a very young age, a very young boy, I learned myself uh, the impeccable way of what really matters now is love. What really matters now is how much I love God, how much I love the great commandment to the great commitment to really doing what he is, and he is love. Okay? Uh, I mean, how much, do you ever think about this? How much does Jesus really love you? Well, let me say this. Christ Jesus stretched out his arms and died for you. My dear Christian brothers and sisters, he died for you. Do you realize in John chapter 13, verse 34, Christ Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other in the same way. In the same way. Hear me now. Turn that volume up. In the same way that I have loved you. Christ Jesus says, in the same way that I have loved you, I want you to love one another. And so how did he do that? How did he love you and me? Well, he stretched out his arms and he died for us. He loved us with all that he had and all that he was. So today, right here on my podcast, on Michael H. Crawford podcast, on the Roan Dolph Show, what I want to do today is focus on two things. I'm going to make it very elementary to get this point across. I want to focus on two things. First, we're going to focus on how much God loves us. And secondly, we're going to focus on how God wants us to share his love with others. So let's get right into it. And let's be prepared to really take out a message out of this podcast of sharing our love with one another. So first, loving like Christ Jesus means accepting others the way Christ Jesus accepts me. Now, if everyone out there that is tuned in today to listen to Michael Crawford on this podcast, you would probably 
really have an incredible life, okay? If you truly would accept people that come into your life the way Christ Jesus has accepted you. You know, as Christ followers, we do a lot of talking about accepting Christ Jesus in our lives, don't we? I mean, we do. Why? Well, because it's of primary importance. It's of primary importance for life, life abundant and life eternal and life that truly makes a difference. And so we ought to talk a lot about accepting Christ Jesus into our lives because it's primary importance. But did you know, honestly, did you know that long before any of us accepted Christ Jesus, he accepted us? Hear me now, don't miss this. He accepted us. The Bible says that God chose us long before we ever chose him. Did you know that? Did you know that? And yet over the years, I've met a number of people who are Christ followers who have told me that they personally have never really felt accepted by God and embraced by his love. Instead, they feel like God's always picking on them and putting them down and blaming them and shaming them and and that no matter what they do, they never feel like they measure up. Now, if that's where you're at, if that's where you're at, even some of the time, then please hear this. Please. Turn the volume up. Please hear this. That's not God. That is not God. You say, well, Michael Crawford, if it's not God, then what is it? And the truth is, and some of us aren't going to like this, but I'm going to say it anywhere because I'm going to say it anyway because that's who I am. The truth is, those feelings are often generated by unpleasurable parents, unpleasable parents. Now, it could be peers, it could be pastors, it could be teachers or professors, it could be anybody but it's often generated by unpleasable parents. Parents who loved us unconditionally, or excuse me, they loved us conditionally. Parents who said, I'll love you if you do these things. Parents that said, I'll love you when you do these things. Or parents said, or I'll love you because you do these things. Parents who taught us conditional love and unrealistic expectations. For example, if you got a C, they wanted a B. If you got a B, they wanted an A. If you got an A, they wanted always. If you got A's, they wanted a valedictorian. And if you got valedictorian, they wanted a full ride scholarship to Yale or Harvard or Stanford. Nothing ever measured up. They loved you conditionally. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Turn that volume up. You don't want to miss today's show. Part two of what really matters. But that's not God. No, God says, I don't love you like that. No, I love you and accept you just the way you are. Christ Jesus says in John chapter 6, The Father gives me people. Every one of them will come to me and I will always accept them. I will always accept them. You know, I looked up that word always in the Greek. I had to before I come on the show. I had to look it up 
And do you know what it means? Do you really realize what it means? Always. Christ Jesus says, I will always, always, always accept those who come to me. You know what that means? It means you don't have to change first. You don't. You don't have to, to be perfect or sinless. You don't have to get straight A's. You don't even have to be what the world considers normal or the new normal. You don't have to do or be of any of those things before you come to him. No, God says, I love you and accept you for who you are. But he also says, I also love you too much to leave you that way. So let me say that a little differently this morning. Christ Jesus will always accept you in spite of any shortcoming or failures. But that doesn't mean he's always going to approve of what you're doing. In John chapter 8, Christ Jesus is teaching in the temple. And while he's teaching, some religious leaders, they drag in before him a scantily clad woman who they say has been caught in the very act of adultery. And then do you know what they make that woman do? They make her stand half naked, half naked before Christ Jesus and the entire crowd. And then her accusers turn to Christ Jesus and say, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Moses' law says we should stone her. But what do you say, teacher? Well, come on. Everyone out there listening to Michael Crawford, podcast on the Rondolf show you know the story you know it after bending down and writing in the sand Christ Jesus looks back he looks back at her accusers and he says let he that is without sin cast the first stone and then in scripture says that one by one from the oldest to the youngest they dropped the rocks and walked away now what's Christ Jesus doing here What's he doing? He's defending her dignity. He's defending her dignity, my brothers and sisters. He said, I'm not going to let anybody treat any person like this. I don't care what she has done. Nobody deserves to be treated like this. And so in front of everybody else, he defends her dignity. As a matter of fact, he won't even look at her until everybody else leaves. Read the text. He doesn't look at her until everybody else leaves. Why? Because he won't let his eyes of love be mixed with their eyes of lust and judgment. I love that. I mean, think about what I just said. Think about what I just said. He won't let his eyes of love be mixed with their eyes of lust and judgment. I mean, the truth is, every other guy there is probably checking this woman out. I mean, think about it. She's half naked. She's half naked in a day and age when women had their bodies covered from head to toe. But he won't even look at her. He won't let his eyes of love be mixed with their eyes of lust and judgment. He's defending her dignity. He accepts her. But note, he doesn't approve of what she was doing. Because as soon as everybody else leaves in a very candid, private moment, moment, he turns to her in his eyes. 
he turned to her and says, right in her eyes, woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? And she says, no, sir, no. Christ Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that last line, go and sin no more, there's a part of me that wants to say, is that it? <laughs> really? Is that it? Is that all he's going to say? I mean, isn't he going to condemn her? Isn't he going to pound her in the ground with guilt and shame? Isn't he going to tell her how wicked and horrible and nasty she is? Isn't he going to tell her about all the ways she's destroying her life and the lives of others? Isn't he going to do all that stuff? My Christian brothers and sisters, do you know? Do you know what I've discovered through the years? I've discovered that you don't have to make people feel guilty. You don't have to make people feel guilty because they already do. People already feel guilty. I mean, I don't live up to my own standards, let alone God's. Come on. Let's just be candid here this morning on the Michael Crawford podcast on the Roan Dolph Show. Let's just be very candid. I don't live up to my own standards, let alone God's. Think about this. If I was in 15 different car accidents and I'm standing before a judge, do I need that judge to, to rail on me? Do I need that judge to tell me what a horrible driver I am? No, I don't need that. I've already proved it. I've wrecked 15 times. What do I need? Hear me now. Don't miss this. Turn up the volume. What do I need? I need somebody to help me become a better driver. That's what I need. I need someone to help me become a better driver. I need someone who's going to save me from myself. Hear me now. Turn the volume up. My Christian brothers and sisters, when you and I sin, when we blow it, when we mess up, Christ Jesus doesn't rail out. He doesn't rail out on us. He doesn't tell us what horrible people we are. He doesn't guilt and shame us. He doesn't. No, instead he defends our dignity. He accepts us for who we are. Even when others reject and condemn us. And then he saves us from ourselves. He saves us from ourselves. He picks us up and dusts us off and he says, Now come on. Now come on. I know you can do better than that. I know you can. Because I'm going to help you do better than that. And so go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Now here's the point. For everyone out there listening and watching to Michael Crawford's podcast on the Roan Off Show, here's the point. What God does for you, He expects you to do for others. Do you hear that? What God does for you, He expects you to do that for other people. Romans chapter 15, verse 7 says, it's put very elegantly, actually. Think about this. This should really resonate and marinate in the minds 
of righteousness. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you. And you say, and I get it, I feel you too. You say right now, well, Michael Crawford, how do I do that? How? How do I accept others as Christ Jesus accepted me? Well, well, one practical way, one practical way to do that is to look and listen. How many times have you had some notorious person, sinful person come into your life and for some reason you just won't even look at them, let alone listen to them? Why? Have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much Christ Jesus loves you and has accepted you for who you are? And you can't give the same treatment to, to any other person that walks into your life? Why? Why? I mean, think about it. Because I know I feel you. You can't comprehend. You're saying, Michael Crawford, how do I do that? How do I accept others as Christ Jesus has accepted me? Well, one practical way is to do what I just said, to look and listen. And when we talk about this series going forward, as I talked about it yesterday and I'm talking about it today, when someone is talking to you and you look them in the eye, what are you doing? What are you doing? When you look them directly, directly in the eye, you're saying, you matter to me. You matter to me. I make sure that everybody that wants to have a moment of my time, and especially my family, but everybody I encounter, I'm here, to, Michael Crawford, to proclaim this, that no matter if you're important, if you're valuable to me, you're saying that you are. If you're not, but you're saying that you are. You matter to me. Parents, hear me now. Turn the volume up. That's why it's so important that you look your children in the eye when they're talking. When you're talking to them, it's so important to look your children right in the eye when they are talking to them. And my dear Christian brothers and sisters, that's why it's so important that you look your friends in the eyes when you're talking to them as well. Our eyes are the windows to our souls. Our eyes are our windows to our souls. Love looks and love listens. Love looks and love listens. Another practical way to accept others the way Christ Jesus has accepted us is found in Romans chapter 15 verse 2. Hear me now. We must bear the burden of being considered of the doubts and the fears of others. We must be, we must bear the burdens of being considered of the doubts and the fears of others. You see, my brothers and sisters, everybody, everybody has doubts and fears. I mean, right? They do. Everybody. It's just, that my fears are rational and yours aren't. <laughs> now, if I really believed that, would you feel accepted or rejected? 
Everybody's got fears and doubts. Some people say, well, Michael Crawford, I've got doubts about God. Or I've got doubts about Christ Jesus that you always talk about. Or I've got doubts about your little B-I-B-L-E. Fine. I get it. If that's where you're at, I'm glad. I'm glad that you have tuned in to Michael Crawford and his podcast on the Rome Dolph Show. Because it's a great place to work through some of that. It's a great place to work through some of that. Because there are people listening who are going to love you and care for you no matter what. Because everybody's got doubts. Do you hear that? There are people listening who are going to love you and care for you no matter what. Because everybody's got doubts. Now, one of my goals in these series about what matters most is to help all of us grow in developing habits of the heart and skills for genuine loving. And so here's a little homework, a little action step that I'd like for you to take. So write this down because it's very important moving forward in this series. This week I will show acceptance to such as, write somebody down because I know there's somebody out there. You're not going to tell me there isn't. There's someone that you have been very disrespectful to. You have brushed away you have, look, you have looked at them as an annoyance. And we can't have that. So I want you to put their name down on your piece of paper. I'm not looking at it. I'm here broadcasting. You're out there. And the, the, yeah, the, I can't see the podcast land. So write them down. This week I will show acceptance to blank. And put a name in there, like I said, the name of someone that irritates you or who gets underneath your skin. Now... If they're next to you, I should say that. If they're next to you, uh, don't look at them. <laughs> don't elbow them. In fact, even if they're sitting, you know, right next to you at the dinner table or across your lunch table, just don't even write their name down at all. They don't need to see that. But choose somebody that you have a hard time accepting. And that might be somebody, like I said, at work or that might be someone at home or school or, or wherever you're at. But write their name down. And then this week, as you work on loving others as Christ Jesus has loved you, I want to challenge you to show that person acceptance. And then when you start thinking, Lord, I don't want to do this. Just start thinking about how much God loves you. He loves you this much. He loves you much Try to visualize me, Michael Crawford, right here, spreading my arms so wide I wish you could see me. Because that's what Christ Jesus did for you and for me. He loves us so much that he spread out arms. He spread his arms out. Loving like Christ Jesus means accepting others the way Christ Jesus accepts me. With arms spread wide open. Secondly... Loving like Christ Jesus means valuing others the way Christ Jesus values you and how he values me. So let me ask you, how valuable are you? How valuable are you? How valuable are you? I'm talking about your stocks. 
I'm not talking. Excuse me. I'm not talking. I, I got to make this abundantly clear here. Michael Crawford's not talking about your stocks or bonds or bank accounts. I'm not talking about your net worth. I'm talking about your self-worth. How valuable are you? Now, before you answer that question, think about this. What makes something valuable? What makes something valuable? Well, there are at least two things that make something valuable. The first is, who made it? Who made it? Who made it makes it valuable. I mean, what's more valuable? A painting by Van Gogh or a drawing by one of my grandkids? A baseball signed by Babe Ruth or a softball signed by Barack Obama? I mean, who? What's more valuable? A carving done by Michelangelo or a popsicle stick house done by the kids in the children's ministry at my church. Here's a big one. <laughs> What's more valuable? A heap of junk created by Andy Warhol or a heap of junk created by waste management? Wow, give me that one. Come on now, producer. <laughs> What's more valuable? It's obvious, isn't it? Sometimes it's simply who creates it. Just simply who created it. So let me ask you. Who created you? Who created you? Who created you? My brothers and sisters, you were created by the high king of heaven. That's who created you. And so that means because of who you are and who created you, you are infinite value and worth. But that's not all. You're also his masterpieces. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship. That word workmanship in Greek literally means masterpiece. We are God's masterpieces. Now hear this. Turn up the volume. You and I are of infinite value and worth because we are the masterpieces of the greatest artist in the universe. What makes something valuable? Well, one thing is, who made it? Secondly, what makes something valuable? What someone's willing to pay for it. Don't miss this. Turn that volume up. What someone's willing to pay for it. How much is your house worth? What someone's willing to pay for it. How much is your car worth? What someone's willing to pay for it. How much is your sports collection or your coin collection worth? What someone was willing to pay for it. Do you know, or do you even want to know, how much you're worth? Do you want to know how much you're worth? You're worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, He, the infinite, all-powerful God of the universe, the high King of heaven, has paid for you and the precious life, blood of Christ, His one and only Son. How much are you worth? God says you're worth this much. This much. All that I am and all that I have. And so catch this. You're not just worthy. You're not just acceptable. You're priceless. You are priceless. You are God's masterpieces because Christ Jesus paid the ultimate price 
for you. For you. Now Christ Jesus says, now that you know that, now that you know how valuable you are to me, I want you to treat everybody else in the very same way. Did you hear that? Now that you know how valuable that you are, I want you to treat everybody else in the very same way that I have treated and accepted you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says, Treat everyone you meet with dignity. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says, Treat everyone you meet with dignity. And you know what everyone means? I looked it up in the Greek again. It means everyone. <laughs> it means everyone. We are to treat everyone we meet with dignity. And so that means when you meet people, it doesn't matter who they voted for or what sin they've committed or what attitude they have or whether they like President Obama or Biden or not. It doesn't matter what race, color, or creed they represent. Because red, yellow, black, or white, they're all precious. They're all priceless in his sight. My dear Christian brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus doesn't care about all that other stuff. What Christ Jesus cares about is that we treat everybody like he treats us with dignity. So how do we do that? Well, let me give you another homework assignment and you'll have it down. Write this down on your little piece of paper that I spoke of earlier. This week I will affirm the value of blank. This week I will affirm the value of. Put somebody's name in there. It can be anybody. It can be somebody with a low self-esteem. It can be somebody you just want to affirm and but identity or identify with somebody like that. I mean, just put anybody down like that. If, when, ev when everybody else treats them like dirt, you're going to treat them like treasure. When everybody else treats them like dirt, you're going to treat them like treasure. And when everyone else treats them like they're worthless, you're going to treat them like they're priceless. When everyone else treats them like they're a piece of, I'm not going to say, but you're going to treat them like they are a masterpiece because that's what they are. A masterpiece. You know, this past week, Gloria and I went out to grab a couple of things at a store. And when we were done, we were standing in line, and I noticed our cashier had a couple of silver studs in her upper lip here and there. And the truth is, while her face was smiling, her continuance kind of told me that life had not been easy for her. And as I began to realize all of that, God began to fill me with his love for her. I didn't know her, but God began to fill me with his love for her. And so when we got up to her, I waited for her to look me in the eye. I waited because I wanted to see her I wanted her to see God's love in my eyes as I'm looking at hers. And I said, I really like the two studs you've got in your lip. I love them. It wasn't about the studs. It wasn't about affirming her as one of God's masterpieces. It was about 
affirming her as one of God's masterpieces. Do you hear that? I didn't care about the studs in her lip. It was about affirming her as one of God's masterpieces. And as I affirmed her, oh my Lord, you should have seen her countenance change. She lit up. She literally lit up because somebody had seen and affirmed her value. Now, write down a name this week. I will affirm the value of blank. Write their name down. And thirdly, loving like Christ Jesus means forgiving others the way Christ Jesus forgives me. Forgiving others the way Christ Jesus forgives me. You know, this past week, I read about this guy who had just had an unbelievable, horrible day. Horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible day. And on this horrible, absolute horrible day, this guy's wife walked out on him. His kid got suspended from school for drugs. And he got fired. And he smashed his car on the way home. And so he gets out of his car and he can't take it anymore. And he looks up to heaven and he screams out, God, why? Why me? Why me? And he hears this voice from heaven because some people just tick me off. <laughs> now, I think we all know that God really isn't like that, okay? But that's what many of us grew up thinking, isn't it? We grew up thinking that God is just waiting. He's just waiting for me for the opportunity to zap you, to zap me for something we did wrong. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. The truth is in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I'm the God who forgives your sins, not the God who is waiting to zap you. I'm the God who forgives your sins, and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. You know, my Christian brothers and sisters, hear me now. This is powerful stuff. That's who God is. Our God is a God who longs to forgive you. And that's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that. And I want you to do me a favor. Write the word no down, okay? On that verse there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Circle that word, no. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. None, zelch, zero, nada. And do you know what that means? Well, that means for all eternity. Those who come to God are going to receive unconditional, complete, consistent, utter forgiveness. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. And once we are forgiven, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Once we are forgiven, we are called to forgive as the Lord forgave us. So let me ask you, how many has the Lord forgiven you? How? How has the Lord forgiven you? And who do you need to pass that forgiveness on to? Maybe there's somebody who you hurt. And you need to go to them and you need to say, you know what? 
we haven't talked for a long time. But I don't want that anymore. I want things to be right between us. I really do. And so if you're willing, I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and start all over again. Or maybe there's somebody underneath a burden of guilt and shame. And they are broken and hurting. And maybe you just need to go to them and let them know that if they'll just ask God, he'll forgive them. Just like he's forgiven you. Now write down that person's name. Then make plans this week. This week now. To let them know about God's forgiveness. His unconditional. Complete. Consistent. And other utter forgiveness. Number four. Loving like Christ Jesus means believing in others. Like Christ Jesus believes in me. You say well Michael Crawford. How does he do that? How does Christ Jesus believe in me? Well, when you look at scriptures, you're going to see that Christ Jesus over and over and over again affirms those that are following him. Why? Because he doesn't just see them for who they are. No. He sees them for who they can become. He sees them for their potentials and possibilities. He sees them as God intended them to be. And so he's constantly working, constantly encouraging to bring the best out of them. In fact, someday I want to encourage you to do a study on how many times Christ Jesus says, you can do it. I believe in you. And if you believe in me, my spirit is going to work inside you and nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Let me walk through a few scriptures just to show you what I'm talking about. Christ Jesus said in Matthew 17, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. What's he saying here? What's Christ Jesus saying? He's saying you can do it. With faith in me, you can do it. I believe in you. In Matthew 21, Christ Jesus says, I assure you, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can do things like this. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the miracles he's done. He's saying you can do things like this and much, much more. In John chapter 14, verse 17, Christ Jesus gives us this amazing verse. Amazing. He says, the truth is, anyone who believes in me, will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with my Father. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Jesus gives us this amazing verse. He says, the truth is, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. Now, is that possible? What's he saying here? Well, he's saying... That when he was here in his physical body, God in the flesh, he could only be in one place at one time. But now, but now that he's in heaven and, and now that he sent his Holy Spirit to work in and through our life and mine and millions of other Christ followers all around the world. And now that he's doing that, he can do miracles he can answer prayers. He can serve the poor. He can feed the hungry. He can help the needy. He can confront, comfort 
the hurting he can bring. Hear me now. Don't miss this. Okay? He can bring his hope and salvation to the whole world. How? Because now, through the Holy Spirit, he can work through your life and mine and through millions and millions of other Christ followers all around the world. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? He says, you can do it. I believe in you. Do you know that psychologists tell us that our self-image tells us that our self-image, how do we, how, it's how we see ourselves, is largely determined by what we think. The most important person in our life thinks about us. The way we feel about ourselves is often determined by what we think. The most important person in our life thinks about us. So, as a brother, as a teach and preach podcast host, as somebody who loves you, I'm telling you now, right here, Michael H. Crawford is telling you there is no more important person to make the most important person in your life than Christ Jesus. No one. No one. Let me close with this story. Let me close with this story. Fred Cradock was a pastor and now he's a distinguished professor emeritus at Emory University. And he tells of the time long ago he was vacationing in Glattenburg, Tennessee. And he and his wife were seated at a table in a restaurant and the old man came up to them and he said, are you folks on vacation? And Fred said, yeah, we are. We're having a great time, actually. And the old man said, well, what do you do for a living? And Fred said, well, I'm a preacher. And old man said, oh, well, let me tell you a preacher story. And so he sat down with them and he began to tell them the story. And he said, I was born an illegitimate child. I never knew who my father was. It was very, very hard on me growing up. The kids in school made fun of me. Growing up, I didn't have any friends at all. When I walked around little towns, I always felt people were staring at me, looking at me, and wondering, who's the father of that little boy? I spent a lot of time by myself. I didn't have any friends at all. One day, a new pastor came to town. Everybody was talking about how good he was. I had never gone to church, but I decided to go to church and hear this guy, so I went. And he was good. He really was. So I kept going back because I really enjoyed his teachings. But each time I went to church, I'd come in late and I'd leave early so I wouldn't have to talk to anybody. But then one Sunday, I got so caught up in listening that I forgot to leave early and the service ended and the people stood up and I couldn't get out the door like I always did before. Suddenly, I felt a heavy hand on my shoulder. When I turned, there was that big, tall pastor standing there with his hand on my shoulder, looking at me, and he said, What's your name, son? Whose boy are you? Whose son are you? And he said, I just shook. When I heard those words, but before I could say anything, the pastor said this. He said, I know who you are. I know who your family is. I know who they are. 
You have a distinct family resemblance. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. That old man then paused for a moment and he said, you know, those words. Those words changed my life. With that, that old man got up and he walked away. A little later, a little waitress came over to them and she said, do you know who that was that you were talking to? Fred said, no, I don't. She said, well, that's Ben Hooper. Ben Hooper, two-time governor of Tennessee. My Christian brothers and sisters, a young boy learned he was a child of the most high king of heaven. And it changed the whole direction of his life. It literally changed his destiny. Why? Because he learned he was valuable. He learned he was acceptable. He learned he was lovable. He learned he was forgivable. He learned he was capable. He learned he was unstoppable in Christ Jesus' name. And it changed the rest of his life. And you know what? All the opinions of everybody else, they didn't matter anymore. They didn't matter. As I look out over the whole city of Phoenix here in the office at Carolyn Commons, I see deep wounds in people's lives. People who have hurts and pains and doubts. And some of you have been rejected by peers and parents alike. And you need to know that God cares for you. You need to know that he loves you. How much? He stretched out his arms and he died for you. Now let me give you this one last homework assignment. But before I do, let me say this. If all you do today is listen to this message, then Walk the rest of your day doing nothing about it, then you've got nothing. You've got squat. Scripture teaches if you believe it, you do it. And so this week, I want to challenge you. If you believe it, do it. Demonstrate God's love in practical ways. Find somebody you believe has the potential to grow and look them in the eyes and say, I believe in you. Find somebody who's falsely accused and look at them in the eye and say, I believe in you. Or find someone who's lost their confidence or that nobody else believes in and look them in the eye and say, I believe in you. Find ways to love others the way Christ Jesus has loved you. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Michael Crawford Podcast on the Roan Dolph Show. And always remember, it's a Christ-minded attitude, not aptitude, that determines altitude. Praise the Lord. God bless you. If you'd like to contact Michael Crawford directly for prayer or encouragement, contact him on his private number at 623-203-8259 or send him an email at getexcited.crawford at gmail.com. Be free. Be challenged. Be encouraged. Be inspired. And get excited with Michael Crawford. Your love lifting me.